You still don't trust me? Oh, I trust everyone. It's the devil inside them I don't trust. Huh. That's an interesting saying. It's charming. Where'd you pick that up? Can't remember. Really? Because I knew a guy who said it exactly like that. Really? Yeah. He's the only guy I've ever heard say that. And he said it all the time. His name was John Bridger. You're hurting my wrist. He had a daughter, and she was about your age. Let go of my wrist. I knew there was something familiar about you. You're exactly like your old man. You know that? I liked him too. Right from the start. I liked him right up until the moment I shot him. Who are you working with? She's with us. (laughs) Gang's all here, huh? You know the only thing worse than a thief? A coward. You should have seen the way your daddy begged for his life. You stupid son of a... Put a leash on your cat! Hey, Steve. Charlie? Not bad, Charlie. Really. Not bad. You have no idea how hot it is not to reach across this table and kill you with my bare hands. You know better than that, Charlie. Can't let emotions into these things. Tell me it wasn't about emotion when you shot John and then left us all for dead. It wasn't about emotion. That was about a lot of gold. And I wanted it. Anything you think you deserved, you didn't. Hey, don't talk about right and wrong with me, man. Because I just don't give a shit, okay? You got your cards, I got my cards, we made our play, and I came out on top, okay? Now, if you want to start the game up again, that's fine with me. I mean, what is your play here? Really? I mean, come on. What do you think? You'll try to take out my guards, right? I have five of them that you don't know about. You'll try to have Lyle hack the system, but I'll change it again tomorrow morning. I mean, what was your final move? You were going to try to have Bridger's daughter come in and hack my safe? I mean, that's very poetic, but I just don't see it. I don't think she'll get anywhere near it. Same old Steve, huh? Always thinking defensively. That's why you're always number two. How'd you figure that? You got no imagination. Couldn't even decide what to buy with all that money. Had to buy what, what everyone else wanted. Oh, Hmm. Try this on in your imagination, okay? That gold is already gone. That's bullshit, Steve. No, really. It's over, Charlie. I'm trying to move the last two bricks. You want to come after me over a couple lousy bricks? (laughs) Really, be my guest. But you're off to a bad start, you know? Because you just blew the best thing you had going for you. You just blew the element of surprise. Surprised? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my face. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Best day we For another episode of Facing Off, a podcast where we compare two like movies against one another using our really cool rating scale. I am Layla, one of your lovely co- your, one of your lovely hosts, and I am joined by my co-hosts Nick and Gabe. Hi, boys. Yeah, that's true. We are not hosts. We are Layla's co-hosts. <laughs> Just important to specify, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's go rob something. Lackeys. <laughs> we're your lackeys. I'm in. I'm that's good at true. explosions, and Gabe is good at 
Jokes. Talking. I feel like we'd yeah. never get anything Talking. done because you would just never listen to me. You guys would just Hell interrupt no, me making jokes Wait, what'd you time. say? <laughs> um, we're also joined this week by a very good friend of the pod, Otto. This is your, your friend, boys. Why don't you guys introduce him? This is our friend, Otto. Boy. We went to school <laughs> with this guy. I, uh, I used to show him so many different movies. He's one of my favorite audience members for watching new movies. He really has an appreciation for all of those. And he's just a super goofy little dude. Otto, <laughs> welcome. Thank welcome, you. Thank sir. you. I, uh, I'm just noticing that I assume Nick changed my name to Big Dog <laughs> in the Zoom chat. So, yeah, no, thank you. It's, Dude, you it's are. great it to be, be here, guys. I, I know I've been pestering you for a couple of years now to, to do the Italian job, so I'm excited to be here. I am Hopefully so I excited that you did. No, I'm so yeah, excited you got, that you did. Otto had asked for a while. So Otto's one of our biggest fans. Even when he doesn't know the movies, he uh, <laughs> listens to the episodes and texts me about it. Um, and he sent us some fu- a funny email at the beginning of our podcast, oh, yeah. which we uh, it, read out loud. It was great. It's pretty funny. That actually happened on the Ocean's Eleven episode. Oh, I, I went and listened back to it for this episode. Oh, and man, I was like, oh, whoa, of circle. course. Yeah, that was the episode. So. Well, we had to bring you on for Ocean's 13 and uh, Italian Job. So welcome on. Welcome Uh, on. So excited to have you. Also, I feel like we have to address, it was one of our co-hosts' birthdays this weekend. Happy birthday, Nicholas. Did you have a good birthday? Thank you. We're all going to sing now. I did have a good birthday. Yeah, we just bust (laughs) out into song. It's really what the listeners came for. That's a new birthday song. No, that's a thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it, it, a, it is. Yeah, it okay. is a lullaby. Killed it, game. All right. Yeah, um, so I'm going to be obviously moderating this episode for you all, and we're going to be comparing Ocean's 13 and the 2003 Italian Job. Um, both heist films, but both have a revenge component. So that's why we're doing those two up against each other. Any other things about the two movies you guys want to point out that are close together? I think it's an interesting, so it's basically how it taking two heist teams who want to exact revenge, but taking different paths to doing it. One is actually doing the revenge and like taking the money. And the other one is like sabotage that involves a little bit of revenge. So it's like, Hmm. and and like, they're not really sabotaging the person (laughs) in the Italian job, although they want to take everything from him. So I don't know. Otto, do you have any? Uh, similarities yeah i'd kind of echo that you know i think that they they're similar obvious kind of revenge heists not just straight up oh we find a crew for the very first time and this is their first job together so it's really like a crew that crews that know each other and they're coming back for like that one score to you know settle for one of the the more senior members of the group who is aggrieved in one way or another so, Bang. Yeah, such a great That's link. Perfect. So succinct. Perfect. Alrighty. So since we have a guest on, I'm going to do a quick overview. We have our special categories and we rate these movies out of a scale of one through seven, one being absolute horseshit and seven being incredible. Best ever. Um, you boys ready to get started? Great. Alrighty. Yes. So I'm going to start us off with um, Affirmative. spectacularity um, and let's do... Italian job and auto since you are our guest and you love the Italian job. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'll I'll start it off. I gave Italian job a five in spectacularity. 
Uh, yeah. Shut up. No, you didn't. I did. I did. I tried to be more objective with some of this. So I feel like <laughs> I gave I gave it a higher score than it might, you know, a, truly deserve from somebody who isn't a fan in some wow. other categories. We appreciate but, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say I didn't look at my phone the entire time, so which isn't like too much of a surprise because I honestly <laughs> haven't watched this in... Probably a good like eight years or so since I last watched the Italian job. Oh, my so I had forgotten like a few of the little twists, like why they have to like cancel their first big revenge. Hold heist on, you plan. don't watch the Italian job every time you see a Mini Cooper? No, I uh oh. I don't, sadly. It's just me, I guess. My bad. Yeah, he doesn't have that kind of time, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that uh, t- time. Wait, so uh which which twist? So the the twist where they they're all ready to show up and you know he's going to be oh, yeah. they're going to have Steve at the Ed Norton at the date and they're going to stand him up and go steal the gold and they show up and everything's ready to go but the There's neighbors a having a huge party so they have to <laughs> yeah. call it off cuz they're like oh right. wow uh we're definitely going to be seen and remembered <laughs> witnesses <laughs> So with that also like the driving uh was very entertaining one of the big things i don't know how much you guys like know about it but they did almost all of their own driving as like the actors um they had sent them to like driving school for a good amount of time and so i feel like it's very entertaining all the driving scenes because it's not kind of that like fast and furious cgi where it's like just sit in the yeah, car amen. and move your hands like crazy things are happening. Wait, it's not real in Fast and the Furious? Like, <laughs> trucks are just like flipping around yeah. them and they're going underneath the trucks when they're flipping. Yeah, it's so like, it's all yeah. like, it's all real effects, which I'm going to come back to in eye candy. But I really yeah. like that. I feel like that makes it a lot more engaging that, you know, that it's all like real and was filmed the way that it is. Um, oh, Totally. For spectacularity, the one one of the things that you know kept it from like being perfect for me is that it wasn't as engaging for some of the scenes where like following the Ukrainian and Skinny Pete's plot line was kind of confusing for me for a while. Like I didn't really understand how all that was going on, and when those scenes came up, it really felt like a B plot compared to the rest of the movie. It didn't feel like it was as intertwined as it could be. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fair. Gabriel? Yeah, I'm going to give it a five as well. Um, I do think that this is a really engaging heist movie um, out of heist movies. And I, I really like that the opening of this movie, I think this is like the rare part of it. The opening of this movie kind of just drops you right into it without like yeah. a, an, an annoying backstory on each of the oh, characters. You don't even get the team build up. Um, so much hype. You And then it's like, bang, right after this opening scene, you get the whole motive for the movie, like the whole reason for the plot. And I think that's like really effective, gets you in there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the exposition drops that that come after that because it's like they did that so well and then they're like, okay, this guy did this and this guy is like that. And I, I just kind of was like, oh, you had this really cool thing going for you and it kind of pulled me out a little bit. Um, but then they jump in right into their first heist attempt plan. And I think the montages are what really like keeps this movie like engaging. Like every moment with a montage is like silly or really interesting. And it's not like over explained. You're kind of watching it as if it's like real time, you know, they're, they're going through it. 
Um, I also, this was like something that I had forgotten about. I forgot how fucking cool John Powell's score is for this movie. There are moments where it's like, Super 2003 in like oh, really bad like, ways and in the I know right it's like way. <laughs> boom, 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 and like that kind of shit. But then it's like really 2003 in really cool ways. And I was like, man, I kind of forgot like you could have these kind of scores that aren't over dramatic, like in terms of like but the emotional fun. scenes. But they're like it just keeps you engaged. So I really like that. Um, I actually thought like the whole, I totally forgot about the skinny Pete scene, like especially at the golfing range. Like it's just like him getting the lesson. I remember finding that so funny because when I was a kid, I was like, ah, he's fat. And now I'm just like, this whole plot is so, who are these fucking people and why are they getting hired? And then it's just like so immediately done away with when the um, Ukrainian guy shows up with the axe. Um, I kind of like that there's this Ukrainian guy like in the background. You don't really know what he's going to do next. Um, and I kind of like the reveal towards the end for it. Um, I'd say the two things that really pulled me out the most in this movie, the reason why I can't like go above a five, any scene with Seth Green in it is just so tough for me now. Like I used to be a Seth Green fan when I was young and I liked, like Family Guy and Robot Chicken, but like... I forgot how annoying he was, and I forgot how he was a thing. Like, it was a thing to have Seth Green in a movie, and he's so annoying in this. Um, Also, one of my... What'd you say? I love him in this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all right. I also disagree with Gabe. He didn't work for me. I think he was just so annoying, and it didn't... I just... It really dates this movie, having Seth Green be this big of a part. I also really, really do not like the epilogue of this movie. And I've thought about it so many times. It's one of the lamest epilogues. Like where they're telling you where everyone is. By the way, Seth Green blew out that girl's eardrums. She's deaf now. Yeah, she's maybe dead, dude. She could be dead. Yeah. Anyways, I gave it a 5 out of 7. Slightly <laughs> okay i also i mean i also gave it a five out of seven you guys stole most of my points i don't think that that seth green is you guys stole, stole my yeah. points yeah <laughs> you blew a hole in the ground all my mm. points fell through and into the canals in venice and then you yeah the whole thing very good you saw um, that all the way through yeah i watched the whole movie not just the first part uh green's that's a joke green's lines are bad now that was a joke yeah god we damn both it tell okay jokes? yeah Keep green's going. lines are bad <laughs> I don't think Seth Green is bad. I think Seth Green's lines like that were written for Seth Green are not not funny half the time. <laughs> and they're also just like really absurd like you said the epilogue like there's just like a lot of like cheesy stuff that just takes me out of this and is not whereas this movie would maybe be like a six type of movie for me cuz I like heist movies and I like ensemble casts and I like most deaf uh, I don't think that, Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yasin Bey. Um, <laughs> I don't like the music. The music is trash. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, it's so obnoxious. Are you talking about the score or the soundtrack? Uh, the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Just, That's fine. It doesn't matter. That's the fine. sounds that are playing that aren't no, people talking the score is or really good. effects okay. sounds. No. Wrong. No, that's this is bad. bad. <laughs> No, it's a good... It's bad. It's so Remember cheesy. when everyone thought my take about Seth Green was bad and then Nick followed it up with that? No, dude. Yeah. The music is far too cheesy. It's almost it's a four. It's so cheesy in the best way. No, it's cheesy in a bad way. Hmm. You are... No, you're wrong. You're I all disagree. wrong. 
Hmm. No. I'm going to give it a five. It was almost a four because the soundtrack's so trash. Damn, dude. Okay. And they do the stupid... They co- they bring m- the stupid bad cover of of Pink Floyd back for yeah, no reason I at the like end. I don't like that. They only give you like 20 seconds and then they're like, oh, remember when we did that? And like maybe of you kind of liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah here it is again. Remember when the other heist ended? Yeah. <laughs> Now here, here it is again. Hey, Get dude, it because they back. took money, and the song's called Oof. money. Um, Don't like it. Before we Fives. move on, if the listeners can't tell, I love the Italian job so much. <laughs> this is easily my favorite heist movie. <laughs> I of rewatched all this time? movie. Yeah, hundred <laughs> oh, percent. I oh, wow. rewatched this movie like all the time. Every it time has not been like forever since. Honestly. I'm triggered every time I see a Mini Cooper because I immediately think of this movie. Um, so I love this movie. I will be interjecting my gasps every time Nick shits on it in some capacity. <laughs> so that's my it's participation. A good movie. I enjoyed it. I just um, it can't be a six, and it was almost a four because the music is trash. Mm. It would have been a six for me. I'll put that out there. Okay. Alrighty, Nick. Why don't you keep talking and let's move on to Ocean's Thirteen for spectacularity. Oh boy, what oh an boy. absurd plot this movie has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's wild what a ridiculous plot this movie has but um if you can suspend your disbelief it's solidly at least a five hmm. i feel i feel i i really i enjoyed watching rewatching oceans 13 more than i enjoyed rewatching ocean or italian job ocean's wow. job wow that's, that's fascinating crazy. <laughs> and i almost <laughs> And and I I really thought it would be the other way around. I'm so glad Nick's on the spot. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it was our idea together. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant no, this, this episode, episode, not moderating. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I really, um, I really enjoy the Ocean's cast. I I think there are definitely like a bunch of flaws to this movie. I'll let Gabe elaborate on them. I'm <laughs> sure. Um, but and there's a lot of things to be disengaged by, but. I uh, I like watching this movie. It's definitely not the best of the Ocean's movies, but I will also give it a five because I wasn't like turned off by the movie. Oh. I was turned on. <laughs> you were fully torqued for it. Uh, yeah. I, okay. Um, yeah, it's weird because when I was watching this, I was like, did I ever see Ocean's 13 or had I only seen 11 and 12? Because I didn't remember most of it. I bet you've I seen like bits movie... and pieces of it. That's how I've seen it. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, this one, I immediately felt like this was really tough to watch having not just watched the other two and not remembering a lot of the like little <laughs> yeah, inside things. Also, the, like if I could talk about how the Italian job had such a cool opening that drops you in and you get all the information you need. This one... Gives you this whole story with Elliot Gold's character getting screwed over by Al Pacino. And then I had to like go on my phone and figure out if Al Pacino was ever in the other uh, (laughs) uh, Oceans movies. And then I was like, what's actually, what is, why should I care about this? Like, I like Elliot Gold in these movies, but like there wasn't a driving motive. Just to like Um, your point right there, I rewatched Italian Job for this and tried to watch Ocean's 13. And at that scene that you're talking about, I just stopped. I was like, I'm done. I'm not rewatching this entire movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the movie, I think the movie is 
it's it's cool in a sense that he's like getting really meta and it's like making fun of his own movies and heist movies and it's kind of less of a heist movie and more of like a revenge thing where they're all teaming up to fuck over this guy and um they're all like I don't, they're like basically just ruining this poor man's life uh and that's most of the movie uh is just antagonizing him which is like it's kind of funny, but I'm also not, like, 12 years old anymore. So, like, I'm not as enthralled in the scenes that they're antagonizing him as opposed to, like, when they're actually planning planning out heists and there's different people talking. It's very strange that this movie is only two hours long, but it fucking feels like it's three hours plus. It's, like, I think what happened was there's too much going on. I don't really care about the motives and it's incredibly hard to follow and they keep adding in more and more people into it and I just can't remember. But I, I know that it's it's more silly than the other two yeah. and so there are moments where I really... I mean, like the whole subplot with uh, Casey Affleck <laughs> like great. unionizing that factory <laughs> is like really fucking funny that they keep going <laughs> to it and then like Scott Kong goes to... <laughs> To get him back, and then he's part of it, and then it just get, it keeps escalating. It's funny. I like I like how silly and funny this movie is. It just kind of feels like the whole movie is like a tired exercise by uh, Soderbergh, and yeah. so I'm like pulled out a lot. So I'm actually going to give it a slightly below average, which I was disappointed by because I was really excited to rewatch this. So Do you give me it a three. three? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I probably would have given the same score. Auto. <laughs> Uh, I gave it a four. So for me, so it was, you know, it's, yeah, there were some things that I liked a little more. It's a pretty interesting heist. You know, it's very intricate. And like Nick said, you know, yeah, if you suspend your disbelief for a little bit, it's pretty fun to th- not think about like. How you know, do they make the earthquake? What is the yeah, thing? How, they, how, like, how, call, yeah, like, how, a Gravitron, which is fully the name of a Pokemon. Yeah, like how are they going to dig this tunnel? How are they going to get that equipment down there? And, you know, all all of that stuff. But it's like, yeah, if you forget so about that, then it's a pretty fun storyline. But I also agree with Gabe that, Gabe that it gets pretty convoluted down the road where it's like, okay, wait, why do we have to add like this extra guy on? And it's like, oh, just to tell him to go to a different restaurant. That's like what this guy's whole role in the heist was. Like yeah. when he goes to the first restaurant the reviewer and wait stuff. did you just call wait i hold on did you just call me gave by accident yes i did you, so you as a human being <laughs> auto-corrected oh you auto corrected bang wow. Wow. anyways this continue just, that was really was like, necessary <laughs> that really was uh, i <laughs> I will say one of the big detracting things for me when I did look at my phone was the scene where Danny Ocean is watching Oprah and oh, yeah. Rusty comes in and it's like it goes on for too long. It was like a couple oh, no. minutes long. It's, but it was it's like, too what much did this of... add to the whole movie? And then at the end, you're like, totally. oh, it was literally just set up for this like little bit where they're going to donate Dude, his no, money. No, it's set up so up they have that Oprah. moment where they're both walk- watching this over the screen and... And Brad Pitt starts crying a little bit. It's supposed to, and, and it's because they like both have been on Oprah. And so, like it's I, that's like gets into the meta nature of the movie. Yeah, but I agree. There's a lot of like, yeah, like almost service for it. Hollywood insiders in this no, movie. I enjoy I feel the meta like. stuff. It's a silly, stupid movie for yeah. stupid people. And I so like it. for me, I feel like it kind of evened out, and so I gave it a four for average. Nice. Alrighty. I think that's fair. 
Yeah, that's more fair than balanced discussion. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to actoring. Um, oh, and shit. let's stick with oceans. <laughs> Cape, do you want to start us off? Oh, shit. There are 13 of them in this one, but there's also <laughs> others. Uh, I One thing I really like about this movie is just how much fun... It, kind of to Otto's point that he was just bringing up is just how much fun they're having. Um, like, the actors clearly wanted... First of all, it was a cash grab for them. They wanted to come back and make a ton of money, which it mm-hmm. did. But the other thing was they wanted to kind of play with the characters they already did. And a lot of that comes in the, like, ridiculous costuming and stuff that they do. But also just, like, the meta nature of it is... It's fun. It's like each of the actors gets to do their own things, you know, how they would want and like in silly ways. And I kind of I, I love that. I think sometimes it feels like they're just without direction. And I think that's what Soderbergh was going for. But it's like sometimes it's just kind of like, why am I watching this character do this thing? It's funny, but I, I don't see how it serves this overall plot. Um but I really like the additions to this movie. Like I, I really like um, Al Pacino in this. I mean, he he really can do no wrong. But I kind of like him as this sleazy casino owner. Um, I also like totally forgot about Eddie Izzard in this, and uh, Eddie Izzard is great. Um, and uh, you know, like rest in peace to Bernie Mac, who is always. Uh, amazing in these movies and Carl Reiner as my grandma would call him because my grandma was really good friends with Carl Reiner and she was from uh, New York City yeah in the other Um, one you mentioned that that was your grandma's like old boyfriend from back in the day I I love Carl I like Rob Reiner more but Carl is great Um, (laughs) also just just a shout out I love when a movie puts Matt Damon as an absolute bitch. He's so good at being a little bitch. I'm tired of the tough boy act, Damon. Be the little bitch you are in the real world. Um, and yeah, and also this Brad Brad Pitt can do no wrong. These these are like the only movies where Brad Pitt as a main character outside of like Seven and Fight Club. Like I really like Brad Pitt. Like a lot. Like I love his like shtick that he's doing. I could just watch him eat snacks for three hours. Chew gum. Yeah, that. he chews yeah. a lot of gum. So I, I'm going to give it a five out of seven. By the way. All right, Otto. Five out of seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I gave it a three out of seven. <gasps> to start off, that Cockney accent is still just so bad. So no, bad. it's on. It like, why is John every Cheadle time. doing? Yeah, it needs yeah. to be beautiful bastard every time. Every time, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because you see him like reading a book about like diction in it. Yeah. at one point, and then <laughs> they're playing with yeah, it. Yeah. They're playing yeah. with it because meta. Yeah, but that was pretty bad. The lazy exposition early on when they're just kind of like, oh, what. What they go and it's like, oh, it must be the craps that you're having a problem with. And it's like, no, let me give you a minute of exposition about that. And then it's like, oh, what about this? Let me give you a minute of exposition on that. And it just kind of goes on like that. So I feel like there was some lazy writing in that department. And uh, yeah, my favorite line that I had to write down was uh, (laughs) Al Pacino saying, I slice like a hammer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I don't. It, it, I don't. He doesn't he's just, slice. He's, he's doing blunt, tough guy shit. He's man. a blunt instrument. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So it was Whoa. just a lot Speaking of that. Speaking of blunts, it's 420. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it is. And then also for writing, the Terry like double crossing was just so painfully obvious because it was like, what does he really have in this? Is Terry uh, Benedict? Yeah. Um, a- Andy Garcia? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. He's kind of fun in it. Um, like he gets to kind of play with it a little bit and be like, well, I, w- I want to win out this time. But it is, I-, I agree. Like in terms of the bringing in that character, it's just like, like, you know what's going to happen. With yeah. It. Like, oh, if, if there's going to be a double crossing, which it's a heist movie, there has to be some double crossing at some point. It's like, it's obviously going to be him. So yeah. that, but then, you know, one of the more redeeming things was all the, the Virgil and uh turk stuff you know they're just hilarious i had told gabe i wanted you guys to do the the hotel scene for the intro where they're not kicking out the reviewer because that to me is just so hilarious like that is just the cherry on top of them like treating this guy so poor 12 minutes 12 minutes um i i actually i really wanted to do that scene it was just a little complicated to have the three people like talking over each other and stuff and like one's kind of muttering to the camera i get Uh, it but that is you made the wrong decision that's fine i'll i'll sit with it (laughs) but yeah so that's that's why i kind of settled on a three like you know some of it's a little bad but it's it's just below passable for just me. Just below yeah. average. Yeah. Alrighty, Nicholas. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna give it a four. Because yeah, I think it's a little bit more balanced. I think the flaws that you guys identified as like not l- being something you love in spectacularity or more like the writing of the movie is just so. Mm, it's too silly. And dumb and doesn't make enough sense that, like, if I just didn't, like, enjoy the oceans so much, I wouldn't, um... Ocean's Eye. The, the Oshai. I would not have, uh, uh, I would have been more taken out of the movie, but really, like, I'm, I'm still engaged in the movie. I just know that, like, the writing of this movie is, is just silly, and like you said, Otto, like, it's just, there's so, too many parts that are just like, okay, mm, like, don't come on don't do that like the, <clears throat> the benedict thing is really obvious um is that his character's name what's his character's name andy garcia Ter- terry, benedict. terry benedict terry benedict terry benedict yeah, yeah okay yeah that's just like really like you know that's coming as soon as he uh the french actor jumps off the oh the, the yeah. Like, oh, francois yeah. tulane yeah the night yeah. fox i believe i believe <laughs> <laughs> But the meta things are great. Every actor's just, besides Don Cheadle, is just like just giving it in the way that Ocean's oh, the Ocean's cast always gives it. Yeah. Uh, and and I do like I like a lot of the in jokes enough that that part of the bad writing is good to me. There's a lot of great in jokes that are just, you know. You can only be doing that in the third and final movie of this trilogy. Can you can you give that many ridiculous in jokes? Because there are oh so very many. Uh, so I give it yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, I'm a little scared to do this, but Nicholas, do you want to keep talking and talk <laughs> about the Italian job? Hey man, why are you scared? Yeah, people are <laughs> entitled to their opinion. <laughs> well, I'm personally scared. What do you what do you think I'm going to give it? I don't know. You're going to say mean things. Maybe a three. 
No, I'm not gonna give it a three. Mean things. We're talking honest. We're allowed to be critical. I think yeah, that I the just, bad I, parts I'm of this movie, evil things. The bad parts of this movie are the sound, the the music that has been played into my ears, and the <laughs> stupid epilogue. Yeah, is just just not like whatever the opposite of icing on the cake is. That's what the epilogue is. I just like assumed you were on a shit on Seth Green the whole time. <laughs> no, I think that I think that the actors are giving just as good a performance. You know, they're not the like loved actors, but like Charlize Theron is crushing it. Crushing. Ed Norton is crushing it as the villain. Mark Wahlberg does the Mark Wahlberg thing, and he's fine. You know, he doesn't. He's not doing much really. It's probably um, the most tired. Has, has Yasin Bey been in? Other movies? Yeah, he was in uh, Be Kind, Rewind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple others, but he's fucking great. He's great. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, dude, I forgot Most Def is, is the token guy in this in this movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, really, really loved Don Sutherland in the first part of this movie. Yeah. My favorite part of this movie is the first, I guess you could call it the first act, but like the whole pre-law, yeah. Yeah. prologue. Prologue. Is great, and I I wish there was more Donald Sutherland, but he's just so good in this. He like leaves a lasting, uh, you know, impression of like who this guy was for everybody. You know what they're and, fighting in a, for for sure. Like you, feel yeah, that in a movie that like movie. really needs that to be decent at all yeah. from like a motivational standpoint. Um, but is like you know not a particularly serious movie, and he he, he must have just kind of known like oh I got to be the I got to be a guy. Everyone's no, gotta remember I. Me. I agree, and the and the writing like really helps that because it's kind of important that this movie establishes so quickly like why this guy is important to them, but also like why you as the audience members should be saddened by this guy you were just introduced to um, being betrayed and killed. Yeah, and um, why it was like so callous to to kill him in the first place yeah exactly and they're able to do that through the writing so i i agree with that uh so i'm gonna give it a five it's above average but i mean this is it's no um you know it's no masterpiece <laughs> gabe you kind of already started talking do you want to finish off your your thoughts yeah um this is so some of the dialogue is really corny in terms of like how they're going back and forth it's not as like realistic as like i would maybe want yeah. and that's what i was kind of afraid of when i was re-watching this that i would be like <laughs> oh this movie's gonna be so stupid it's not so stupid it's just some of it is a little corny and not like it's not as like rich in terms of its dialogue but also in terms of like the characters they're not as charismatic as like i can imagine someone else handling like I don't know, like Guy Ritchie is able to do that pretty well. Um, I think like Mark Wahlberg couldn't be more tired uh, and sleepy in a performance. He's just like not exciting in this to me at all. No, I think he's like a, a guy that you can root for. And I like that. And I think like the moments between him and Charlize Theron are like, act- they they seem believable. You know, maybe not the epilogue where they're like, they live happily ever after, but like the scenes between them are good. They're like, he has good chemistry. It just feels like he almost didn't even want to be in the movie, which can't be it. Also, this is one of the first like Edward Norton roles that I really remembered when I was like younger. It was like kind of like, oh, I want to watch more of him being a bad guy. And he hasn't like played a bad guy since. Like he's like an asshole in Birdman, but he's not really a bad guy and stuff. And he's so good as this little fucking dickwad in this um 
I also I also was going to say Yassim Bey is is incredible in this. You know that for so long I thought that his name was most deaf because in this movie he was almost deaf. Oh, I thought boy, it was most dude. deaf that way. That's the squarest thing I've ever heard. I know. And I then I found out that. it was most definitely. I mean, <laughs> I was a kid when this came so out. So square. Uh, <laughs> it was dumb. Also, just to, uh, one point on the Seth Green thing. I actually like, I don't think he's always awful in it. I think he serves his character pretty well. Um, there are just a lot of moments that I hate. And I really hate that I read in trivia that F. Gary Gray, the director, said he laughed so hard at mm. Seth Green's impression of Jason Statham when he's talking to the girl. Okay. Okay. Um, I do laugh so hard. Oh, you know who's in this movie? You know who? It, I, I'm sure you guys noticed it. And then you guys were like, oh, my God. Oscar from The Office is the security yeah. officer. Yeah, I definitely wrote Pretty that great. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think his name is Oscar in real life. It's Anyways, Oscar I'm going to give it a – I'm going to give it a 4.5. Out of seven. Just right. slightly below Oceans. Otto. All right. So I feel like it was pretty similar to Oceans when I was thinking about the acting in terms of like writing and performances. You know, obviously um, there's still some more exposition like the beginning. I think we might have mentioned where John's on the phone and it's like, oh, hey, I'm in Italy about to do this thing. And then it's like, crime. hang up, and then the thing happens. Yeah. Hi, I am crime guy doing yes, crime. I'm crime in guy, Italy. and I'm here oh, to do Oh, daddy, crime. you're not up to that again. Hi, I am your crime father. So, like, that, and then um, really, like, Mark Wahlberg's crying acting when Donald Sutherland oh, dies yeah. was just so bad. Like, I thought it was so bad. I don't know. I just kept you know, thinking he was going to die of hypothermia. Yeah, I'm like yeah. no real movie critic, but I was like, that just uh, felt so forced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Really go into that, the there was there. that. I think that Ed Norton being the villain, like Gabe said, was really great. And I thought it was pretty interesting trivia because he had a three movie contract with Paramount and he kept like turning down movie contracts because he didn't want to do it. And so they finally had him do this. And so he was apparently like a real dick to work with on the set yeah. and everything. This and, is where it all yeah. like started. <laughs> yeah. So for me... I thought that, you know, it was kind of similar where it wasn't anything like too atrocious, but I don't think it's going to be remembered for the writing and the acting. So I gave it a three like I did for Ocean's 13. All Whoa. righty. Um, a critic. <laughs> um, so let's move on to eye candy. Um, mm. Otto, do you want to keep talking and do Italian job eye candy? Yeah, so... I gave Italian Job a five for eye candy. I thought that kind of like what I had said in Spectacularity, the practical effects really help it look good and still kind of live up to, you know, being what it's almost 20 years old now, just about. Mm -hmm. And it's it doesn't look that bad because most of the effects are real. And so like that won't really look bad ever with age. So I think that was a really good aspect of it. One thing, I wasn't sure exactly where to put it, but the sound of the minis, like the the capturing like the supercharger and all the exhaust noise, mm. they did such a good job. And all the car scenes, to me, felt really intense and realistic in terms of like what the engine noises were happening and all that. So I thought it was really good um, for eye candy. You know, I didn't think that it was anything too special you know it's not like i had my mind blown with cinematography or anything but 
I definitely thought it was above above normal. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was going to, just because, um, no, I, I totally agree with a lot of that point. It, like, I actually fully expected when I rewatched this movie that I was going to, like, pick apart the, the eye candy, because as you mentioned, you know, it's almost been 20 years, and I just, I never thought of this movie as this, like, really great, you know, filmed action flick. It was just, like, this fun thing that we liked when we were younger, and I was actually, like, I was pleasantly surprised, um... Wally Pfister is actually the cinematographer and he does most of Christopher Nolan's movies. Um, and you can kind of feel that with a lot of it. And I love that um, F. Gary Gray, uh, the director, has like a lot of um, care for like making his movies really grounded in reality like, and, and like have like a real tone to them um, visually without a lot of like, you know, he's not made it like you could see this movie in the wrong hands like. I don't know, like Michael Bay, where it would be fun, but it would be too stylish and like silly. And I love what F, what F. Gary Gray does. Um, and I love the the limits on using visual effects because I'm just not into those and they really date a movie. Um, especially like the helicopter scenes where like limited visual effects were used for them. Um, and it's really good helicopter shooting like not not just when ed norton's in the helicopter but like this is a pre-drone era and they're like filming a lot of these thing scenes using cranes and helicopters and it looks really smooth i definitely agree with Otto that the sound and 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 visual editing of this movie is really cool especially in the heist scenes there are some moments that look a little like corny and ridiculous um with like bystanders and stuff. But like for the most part, this movie could be a lot worse and it's kind of nice rewatching this and like living in LA and notice, I, like mm-hmm. I always like watching LA movies and this is so like sprawling over LA in a lot of scenes. And it's like kind of realistic to LA in, in yeah. you know, like there's totally. nothing that pokes out of there. So it's, it's really cool the way that they um, film a lot of that. So I gave it a five, um, you know, it's not like Wally Fister's best work, um, <laughs> but I, I really, I, I do think it's above average visually. Nice. Nick? Yeah, I think this is like a high point for me, um, especially knowing that a lot of it's practical effects. Um, so I actually gave it a six to make a point that I think it's the best of the categories, in my opinion. Mm. Like for a movie that is as, you know, a remake of another movie and um, as you know, sort of like blockbustery, like, oh, let's get people in the seats. Like there's a lot of integrity in the way it's it looks. You know, it could have looked cheesier, but they, mm. they clearly put a lot of thought into like, you know, let's let's get have the act actual actors actually driving, let's have them drive down the stairs of the you know, the LA Metro or the um whatever those stairs are. And let's, you know, film the the, you know, helicopter um uh what's it called chicken with the the mini cooper and like actually have that be a practical thing that we do like that is that's a really cool you know like yeah like fuck yeah kind of scene (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm gonna give it a six (laughs) yeah they really Um, didn't hold back in any of the scenes oh dude no No holding back Otto. no no they didn't hold back Big dog, Otto. All right, let's uh, move on to Ocean's 13 eye candy. Gabe, do you want to kick us off on that one? 
Yeah. Um, there's a co- so. <laughs> this is such a simple thing, but just the visual visuals in the opening when they're showing like the the different production companies and stuff and leading you in and they're kind of like uh like 1970s style vegas like colors and stuff and things flashing i was like oh that's cool i like when they like fuck with the Mm -hmm. like uh the logos at the beginning um i also like one thing that this movie really benefits from is like it's inventiveness with the costuming because none of the costuming is like they actually look like the people they should look like. Like anyone would be able to tell that they're in costume and makeup or whatever. But I like like how much fun they had with that. Yeah. And it really like becomes like kind of a character in this movie because they keep dressing up and like trying to um, <laughs> trick people and George stuff. George Clooney's like Fu Manchu. Yeah, George. Whatever. I mean, like yeah. the one where Brad Pitt looks like uh matthew mccoy rust cole in true detective but in the oh like, yeah when he's the like seismologist yeah, yeah is really funny and like the whole mustache that casey affleck has in like every scene <laughs> at the beginning is just great um i i think the problem with this movie is that it like it's too much editing and i really really yeah. respect steven soderbergh like he's an incredible you know, director, writer, and editor for a lot of his movies. But, like, this one is just so edited to the point where I can't even pay attention to the movie. He's cutting back and forth. There's too much going on, and it kind of goes back to the spectacularity issues. Um, and a lot of the editing... I, I I do like that he uses it for comedic effect for a lot of it, and he's, like, kind of making fun of his own Oceans movies through the visuals there, but it's just obnoxious. Um and honestly, like, outside of the costuming, like, you know, this had, like, a pretty decent-sized budget for Soderbergh. And, like, I just didn't find it very inventive visually, which is kind of a disappointment um, because I, I actually think uh, Ocean's Eleven is pretty impressive and then, like, Italian Job is. So I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to say it's average. Okay. Nick, do you want to go next? Yeah. I um, I also gave it a four. Like, there's not a whole like aside from how much fun again like that this movie is just all about like in jokes and like how much fun are we gonna have with it and like let's do this like bigger weirder heist than the other two movies this one that like doesn't (laughs) make a ton of sense um and it's just about like fun and it's not like a ton of substance to the the movie and i don't think there's a ton of uh, like substance to the way that the movie like looks um like yeah some of the costumes are fun but it's like oh my favorite a-listers are dressed like funny yay you know it's not <laughs> yeah. like there's not a lot of substance so i give it a four it's average nothing looks bad um but you know it's not it's not the same as a helicopter mini cooper cat fight <laughs> <True that. laughs> all right Otto, what did you think uh i thought that well First, I don't know if it was maybe me, you know, I don't have the most expensive TV out there, but the way that it's shot with like all the really red lighting that came across horrible on my TV. So I wasn't sure if that was me or no, like, are you talking about like inside the casino? 
Auto has like a really big fat TV from like 1990. Yeah, it has like yeah, a huge uh, thick base to it. Yeah, it's got the... <laughs> an antenna that he has to like smack around a little bit. Yeah. Um, wait, are you talking about like the scenes inside the casino? Yeah, a lot of those. And like at the I, end so, where, I, I where everybody's like that. evacuating. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I I thought that was a little bit strange too. I know it's not my TV because my TV's baller, but... <laughs> it's big. Well, I don't have that lawyer money, so I got a ball on budget. <laughs> Me neither yet. But <laughs> but anyway. yeah, so that really detracted like that that kind of was distracting for me. So I definitely had to knock it for that. One of the the only real positives that I had for eye candy was I really liked the way they designed the fake uh casino. I thought, you know, obviously it looks so unrealistic for like would they ever build something like that? But I think it kind of fits with like you know, it's the final heist. It's the big evil villains, big casino lair type of thing. And it's like everything's so big for the final yeah. heist. So I like that. But <laughs> <laughs> I really. <laughs> no, it was, it was good production design. Everything's so big. Casino I couldn't lair. get past the colors and like that. that yeah. <laughs> I Now I, I just wish that was a line in the movie. I wish someone said everything's so big for the final heist. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I gave it a three yep. for eye candy. Nice. Okay. Can't argue with that. Uh, we are done with both eye candies now, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's move on to a kind of different category this time around. Um, we are not doing originality. Instead, we are going to be doing Art of the Steel, which I can't remember. I think you told me. <laughs> did Nick come up with this or did you both come up with this? Nick and I both came up. He came up with the, the name for it. But we were. it was when we did the Oceans episode. Yeah. Um, all I did. Otto reminded names. us of this beforehand. But like when we did the Oceans episode, you know, the difficulty, especially with like Oceans 13 or Italian Job, is they're both technically not original you know they're uh one's a remake and one's like the third in a trilogy and it's kind of like making fun of that but like what also a remake isn't it yeah oceans 11 a remake yeah Yeah. oceans 11 was and that's why we did that and like yeah and and it's just like we don't like you could bring that into it what we normally talk about with originality but we mostly wanted to get at like you know how do you separate a heist movie from other heist movies is the plot right. really interesting is it intricate um is it something that kind of like fools you um or is it you know something easy to tell or not that interesting right and especially importantly how believable the plan is or whether or not yeah. it was effective or not so sure. um let's um stick with oceans Otto, yeah. do you want to kick us off sure so I gave it a three. I was teetering between that and a four. Honestly, for as much as I enjoyed, you know, it's like it's very intricate. There's so many moving parts. There's just a lot of the things that fell down for me kind of in the believability and like what's the overall point? Because like how much money do they actually make themselves at the end of this? Because they're like (laughs) it's more about bleeding banks dry you know al pacino dry than it is about them having like this huge score i mean i get the diamonds are supposed to be worth a lot but it for me just like the stakes of this last big heist it was like well you're not even stealing the money necessarily as much um the whole thing with like terry again to go back to that um 
where it's like him with the double our cross. Dwill, it's it's just so obvious. Broke. Please buy us a new Dwill. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, our yeah. drill broke. And it's like, I get that's supposed to be the whole like enemy of my enemy, you know, is my friend, my friend thing. Yeah. But it's like his whole reason for hating him is that his hotel casts a shadow on his pool. Like that, that's not like a believable enough thing where he's like, yeah, I'll look past like the when you stole millions of dollars from me in the, the recent past and like we'll work together. So like that and then... Uh, kind of along so with true. that where he has Tulane or whatever uh, spying on them Do and wrong. kind of following yeah following them around it's, it seems pretty cheap where they do the thing where it's like, oh, well, we were watching you too. And then there's shots where you couldn't see people where there's like Bernie Mac, you know, like watching him watch them. Oh and it's like, I think that that would have been like, I think that could have been a positive if they had Bernie Mac in like just kind of the background. It's very subtle. Like if you if you're watching it a second time and you know that it's going to be there, you can notice it. But it just feels kind of cheap where they don't show the people. And it's like, oh, well, there's no way you could have known that. And the whole, like, there's a magnetron in the cell phone. It was just too unbelievable for me for it to be, like, you know, that much fun, I think. So I had to give it a three. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Nick? Yeah, I'm going to also give it a three. I mean, they literally, their plot is to, like, win a lot. And like while the security system shut down and then caused an earthquake to get everyone to leave. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. And I don't get, they like because the whole point is that normally if, fire, they, if everybody like, won all this money, they wouldn't they would just regamble it. But the whole point is that the earthquake yeah. makes them leave. But then why wouldn't they come back the next day and just gamble? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, because it, it's not like the casino made the earthquake, you know. Yeah. Yeah, or like I mean, yeah. maybe they'd be scared. There's just the whole pl- the whole like heist part of it is just so like I said before. Like there's just so much suspended disbelief <laughs> in this like it really just like the fact that they're like drilling into a channel to cause an earthquake and then they like cause too big of an earthquake and yeah. they're like, "Damn, this earthquake was too big." We kind of went too hard on the whole earth, the whole causing an earthquake thing. <laughs> it was like, dude, yeah. Uh, haven't you ever seen any monster movie? You don't mess with Mother Nature, dude. Yeah, that's true. Cause an earthquake. I, it just, the whole thing is, is just so absurd. Have you ever seen a monster movie? <laughs> yeah, dude. I've seen dinosaur movies. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> don't mess with Mother Nature. Oh, yeah. God. They could have released a, it could have been a whole thing, a whole kaiju thing. And they just wouldn't even know, dude. He can't. <laughs> the causing an earthquake to rob a casino is is just too absurd. Uh, not to mention just the the whole like the whole fact that the casino is named the bank, and yeah. the main villain's last name is Bank. It's just there's just like so a combination stupid. of too absurd and too on the nose that I just can't get behind. So I'm gonna give it a three. All right, hmm. real. Okay. Is it a good, sophisticated heist film? No. (laughs) Is it a funny take on heist films and his previous movies? Absolutely. Does it stand out in the heist genre? I don't know. Maybe, I guess. You know, there's not a lot of ones that do that. Did it need to be made? No, no, no. Did it need to be made as a heist movie or, or at all? No. Hell no. 
I don't think this adds to the oceans thing. I think it's kind of funny that he's doing that, but like, I would have rather it have been like no, like a like a heist. I know it's like you know a heist that's absurd where they induce an earthquake to. Um, to like rob this casino, sort of make this casino lose money. The only funny part about that is that they're like, "Oh yeah, but that's it's the evacuation plan." And then Al Pacino's character's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it serves funny purposes, but it's also kind of like I almost wish that this movie was like, like fully focused on a not real heist like it's all like absurd instead of like oh we might actually get this and like but we're doing this to avenge our friend you know like it's kind of like i can't tell where the tone is in terms of how they build up the heist um and whereas with oceans 11 what i brought up when we watched that like one of my least favorite things in heist movies is when the heist happens and then afterwards they tell you how it happened or show you yeah and it kind of brings up what Otto was saying with the like Oh, these people were in the background the whole time, but no, they fucking weren't. Like I, I we could watch the movie and tell that they weren't there. Um, and you're right; that would have been a really cool thing for this movie to have done, and it would have made it detailed in a way that I might have like really respected the heist elements. But like, unlike Ocean's Eleven, I don't know what the fuck is happening in this movie half the time. I can't really figure out what the what the plot is, where the what the heist is, what the plans are, why Eddie Izzard is like part of it and like helping them with it, like who's doing what, like what the purpose is. I cannot figure out what's going on in this movie. Maybe there's too much going on in my week, but like I don't know. So I'm gonna give it a (laughs) three. I'm gonna give it a three because the sure the sheer absurdity and like the details and intricacies of the plan keeps it from being like a two or a one. Okay. Uh, Gabriel, do you want to keep talking and do Italian job? Do I want to keep talking? Always. <laughs> now here is a very, very good heist movie. Um, I again like to, to bring up the point about spectacularity, like they start with a heist with no context. No exposition, no explanation, and you're actually kind of tricked as the audience just as the people that they're stealing from. Like, you think that the safe is going – like, you're following the safe that's that they're, they're darting away on the speedboat, but really underneath the water, they're cracking the safe. And it's a really, really cool heist, and you set up the dilemma and the plot for revenge, which makes the other heist – have more stakes and more purpose. And I really like that. Um, I think it's really interesting as a writing thing to have the daughter of the, of a really good safe cracker be this person who helps the FBI with safe cracking. Um, but also gets brought into it because there is a, a real reason, a motivating factor, this like piece of shit who killed her dad. Um, and then, I, I like though they give expositions of characters, they just don't really explain a lot of the heist, but you can follow along with exactly what they're trying to do. And there's it's all about how you do a heist. Like it's all about the details of planning those heists. And like that leaves the movie that leaves room for a lot of comedy in the movie, but it also makes you know that you are you understand the steps of the plan and you could follow along as it's going out. Um so I, I gave it a six uh, out of seven. It's not my favorite heist movie of all time. I don't think the plan itself is like the most elaborate one. If the whole movie was like leading up to that 
Italian job, um, I would have like maybe said otherwise, but, um, yeah, it's still well above average for the genre. Nice. Otto. Yeah. So I agree with a lot of the things already said. I think that it's definitely above, above average. I really like that you're essentially getting three full heists in one Mm -hmm. movie because there's the initial Italian job, there's the heist that they plan for at his house, and then there's like the heist that they actually do in the end where like he's mm-hmm. moving the gold. So I think that, you know, that's great value for you there if you're gonna get three heists in one heist movie. <laughs> um I really I really again I like that they committed so much to spending a lot of the movie showing how they're preparing for the heist at his house. And then they're just willing to throw that all away to like, you know, kind of throw a curveball at you there. It wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like, Oh wow. They really half assed the plans for this heist. I bet it won't actually go through They, you know, they really showed a lot of the plans for it. Um, you know, how can you hate it? They have boats, they have cars, they have helicopters. <laughs> helicopters. They, cover... they got transportation in this. Yeah, there's Trucks. technically there's trains because uh, they're down in the metro. Motorcycles. Motorcycles. They, you know, what exciting motorized vehicle could you want? <laughs> More could you want that they don't already have for you? Hovercraft. So, uh, yeah, to me, this is where this is one of the categories where I let my bias show a little bit, and I gave it a seven. I think that this is, in oh, my man. mind, like a perfect heist movie. Yeah, mm. so and, uh, many motorized vehicles. Yeah. Nicholas. So fucking many motorized vehicles. I'm also going to give it a six uh, because I don't, I don't think it's a seven. But I do love that there are lots of twisties in this one and you don't... Twisties. Yeah, there's lots of twisties. Um, and you, you don't 100% know what they are going to do at any given time Mm -hmm. um, because that's what kind of what they're also like trying to accomplish with Ed Norton is like outsmart this person who's always thinking defensively Um, and like, you know, is you are led to believe is going to be very good at making sure that this does not happen to him. Um, And it's cool. There's a lot, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of guesswork on the part of the audience that I think is really engaging and makes for a really cool heist movie. And there's three different heists. And that first heist is awesome. So awesome. The Italian job. The job in Italy. The titular. The titular job. Italian job. Yeah. It's great. Nice. Okay, well, we're going to um, finish off with Legacy as we always do. Um, so let's... Stay with Italian job. Nick, do you okay. want to do legacy for Italian job? Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm doing math. Okay, I figured it out. Um, <laughs> sorry, brain can't deep. take too long with that. Yeah, <laughs> I had a hard time there. Um, just addition. I think that I don't. I don't know how many people remember this movie outside of people who grew up when this movie came out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not positive of, on that either. I can't. Re- I don't really know. Like, I know that my brothers and I enjoy this movie, and as a byproduct, enjoy the sight of a Mini Cooper here and there. Um, 
because this was cool for us to watch as three brothers and be like, yeah, <laughs> motorized vehicles are tight. <laughs> um, so many different vehicles. Uh, I don't know outside of fans of vehicles or people who grew up around this time how much it's really uh, important to them. Uh, I also have only seen parts of the original, but am under the impression that it is, it is a better movie. Um, from what I have read about it, Otto, you've you've seen it, haven't you? Uh, I actually haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. I have uh, so a really long time ago. I, I just I, don't I know. The, I think I did too. It's better. Yeah, I, I know I they're very it. different because the whole thing was like yeah. the writers didn't want to like make it too similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels just very different to me. I almost couldn't necessarily say if I think one is better than the other. They just feel like different movies. Yeah, this one's just so blockbustery. Um it's I think that's very different than what I yeah. remember of the bits and pieces of the the original that I I think I watched with my dad. I don't even know. It was a long time ago. Um so I'm going to go ahead and just give this one like a 4. Hmm. I I don't know. Like it means a little bit to me and obviously to Layla and Otto, but I don't know, like, outside of our age, how important it is to people. I don't know. I think it's always... I don't know. because It is always... When it it was on Netflix for a while, it's always, like, featured kind of, like, high up. And on HBO Max... HBO Max, you kind of have to do a little bit of digging for it. But, like, I think at one point I saw it on one of the front screens. It's also a really big cable rewatch. Yeah, it's a big cable rewatch. I also think that, like, Mark Wahlberg became such a bankable star um, and still is. And he's someone that people still go out to see in theaters, even if it's something like Father Stu. Uh, Uncharted. Or Uncharted. (laughs) Like, there's just... there's there's. Every, he's so relevant still that like Stew. people <laughs> that people are gonna watch this movie if they hadn't before like or they didn't know him you know like like young people and I think that the Mini Cooper scenes hold up so much that anyone that watches Fast and the Furious and is like what if we made this real like realistic it's like they can go and watch Italian Job so I think that's held up I actually think rewatching this as i said like i was kind of worried it was gonna suck and i think it like holds up i didn't have any real issues with it i think f gary gray kind of has never fully blown me away like i really like straight out of compton but like i don't think like i i didn't expect a lot going into this movie and it certainly was serviceable i think this and like law-abiding citizen by him are like just fun rewatches um also, you should go back and rewatch some of his music videos because he did like a bunch of like Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, like mm. Cypress Hill music videos back in the day. Um, I think there's a little bit of the movie that dates it, and that, and that's like gonna be tough for newer audiences. Like for instance, like I guarantee you, most people don't know what Napster is anymore. Like it was oh, yeah. really relevant then, but it's, it's certainly not that relevant now. Like the last time it was really talked about in a big movie was the social network and the social network's already 12 years old as well. Um, but uh, it's also really funny when he's like so pumped on his new TV. Um, he's like, I wanted that TV oh, yeah. or, or uh, Ed, Ed Norton. So pumped on the new TV. And it's like, shittier than like $300 ones today so that like it definitely ages the movie in in little parts and I I do think like there are moments where it kind of feels a little misogynistic um 
you know, like the stuff with like handsome uh, Bob or whatever his name is. Uh, handsome uh, Rob. Handsome Rob. Because handsome Bob is uh, Tom Hardy in in mm. another movie. Um, like in Rock and Rolla. Uh, I don't know. Like there, it just it, it feels like of a time and place. And but you know. When it came out, made everyone want to buy a Mini Cooper. And when it came out, it was really popular. Made $176 million. So I'm going to give it like a 5 or 6, maybe a 5.5. I think it's really well remembered. All right, Otto. All right. So I need to go into a little bit of background about myself. Yeah. Uh, around. Well, so around the time that this movie, yeah, this movie came out, um, I was too young to drive. But my dad owned a Mini Cooper S, and we were part of a club of other Mini Cooper owners. Oh, my god! And Sick. I started, this is about the time I started racing go-karts. And so we would meet up once a month at the Carlsbad Outlet Malls and then go over and race at K1. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this was like part of the reason why I love this movie so much because it was like I already like this wasn't like my dad bought a Mini Cooper because of the movie. My dad already had the Mini Cooper, so for me it was it was <laughs> such just... an easy buy-in. And the other the other kind of dumb kid nostalgia thing is that I remember this was the first PG thirteen movie my parents let me watch. Oh, so hell yeah, sick. you bad boy. Yeah. So um. You know, now that I have all the subjective stuff out of the way, um, I do really echo Gabe with like some of it rewatching. It's like, Ooh, that's kind of misogynistic. Like the way they're talking about like, oh, like Becky, like handsome Rob, you know, like, oh, yeah. he's just like, go flirt with her and hook up with her and get the key. And then when I was, you know, doing some extra research, I saw an interview where Charlie Theron was saying how pissed she was because when they initially booked the driver's training, they had booked her for like twice as much as the guys for the Ooh. show. And so she was pretty pissed about that Sounds and made very it a early point. 2000s. Yeah. And made it a point to be a better driver than them, like throughout the whole thing. And when you watch the extras, you can see her kind of being upset while they're at the racing school and the instructors giving more feedback to Jason Statham. And she's like, well, what about me? Like why it's always about him. So I think some of that kind of tarnishes, you know, what would normally be a nostalgic, perfect movie in my mind. So I had to give it a six, you know, if, if I didn't learn anything else about it and it was just in a vacuum back then, it would be a seven for me. But I think that I have to take into account some realistic stuff. To, to yeah, give it no, its I own credit, that. though, I feel like to flip the perspective a tiny bit, it's a little bit of a win for women that she was able to fight as hard as she did in a time when like women were really like mm -hmm. discarded mm -hmm. in conversations. And she has an entire sequence driving in this movie independently of all the men. Oh, and yeah. she drives like she she's empowered as a woman within the film to drive. So I would actually argue that this is kind of a win for women within movies like this and within heist films because she's like centered around driving and women driving in the film. It sucks so that that's how it was on set. But go her for fighting for it and making yeah. it such a big part of the movie because then girls got to watch it like myself and be like, fuck yeah. Like when that song comes on and she's driving through the streets at the beginning of the movie, like I just like start like rocking out every time because that's like a huge nerd. I mean, <laughs> yes. Square. <laughs> no, it's I, just like I, a big I, moment for me. 
Yeah, I also feel like the the scene with like Seth Seth Green at the end with that girl that it's just like the only way that he can like he has this like hot like kind of like bimbo person like come to his place because he's so rich and and he's like let me put you in front of this thing where I'm going to blow your top off without even like any consent. Uh it's just weird. I just it, it, a lot of there were just like moments where I was like, "Oh yeah, this movie came out in 2003." Yeah, I, yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, I feel I mean, like that to me is like just a timestamp. Like I, again, like yeah. uh, there there are parts of this movie that like just supersede that for me because every movie mm. at this time had stupid ass little things like that comments, guys being like annoying about sexuality of women, whatever. But yeah. to put a woman at the forefront as a driver like that really had an impact. So for me, this is just mm. a win. <laughs> that's cool. What was your score, Otto? Six. Six. That's what I thought. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Nice. What are um, we at, Nick? Do you got it? Uh, I don't think we did Oceans. We haven't done Oceans. Oh, my God. I just completely forgot about Oceans. Please, I'm like, please we're done. We don't need to add. talk about Oceans anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like a big conversation. I just think that like <laughs> the first two movies are more popular. They're the ones that people go back to. I mean, you can look at... The Ringer has done rewatchables on just the first two. I was going to listen to the third one for like, you know, I was like prep for the pod, but they, they haven't done one. <laughs> they haven't done it because I don't think they will. Um, I think people still love it that are like really big Oceans fans. I think they can see the silliness of it and they can like binge the Oceans movies and get to this. I, again, I think this movie would be more effective if you watch the second one right before. Um but like, and for like big fans, it's gonna remain popular, and I think just as a trilogy, it's gonna remain popular, and it's certainly better than Ocean's Eight in a lot of ways. There are moments of Ocean's Eight that I actually really like, but it was kind of a failed experiment that was just like poorly written and kind of set up those women for uh, failure, which was really disappointing um, because they're all huge actors. Um, but anyways, uh, still also made like $300 million. So it was like the power of the oceans 11 and 12 really boosted this one, but I don't really attribute that to its own legacy. So I'll give it a four. Okay. Otto. Um, I wasn't too sure how you guys would feel about this. Cause I'm not as in tune with the movie, the film community, but as far as I'm concerned, whenever I hear oceans movies talked about, it's always 11, um, yeah and it's yeah some people 12 i feel like for me the main thing that this had going for it in terms of legacy is that it wasn't such a big flop that it kind of ruined any legacy that the trilogy itself had so i i gave it a three i thought you know it wasn't anything special it didn't really do anything that great so just a little below average i oh, thought the same it's a little below average to me because I mean, you guys forgot if you'd ever actually even seen it. Yeah, I, I had totally like, forgot whether I'd seen it. And yeah, I forgot. I remembered yeah. immediately that I had seen it, but had and then remembered that I had forgotten that Al Pacino is the like antagonist. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's the yeah. oh, yeah. I had, a, I had a similar thing where I had seen this when it came out in theaters when I was in high school and I totally forgot everything about this movie. And when I saw it again, I was like, wait, some of this seems a little familiar. And I like thought back on the dates and I was like, oh, yeah, it would have had to be this one. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just not it's not the best of the trilogy by any 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 stretch and no one I mean no one's going to look back and remember this one. It's like a send-off to the trilogy. Uh I think that was what they were trying to do with all that meta stuff. Um, you know, it's it's not uh it's not above average or or even average to me. All right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you can just like take a movie out of a trilogy entirely and no one would notice or care, that's just like not a good sign. <laughs> like, yeah, I but just... I, I do want to like reiterate Otto's point that like it wasn't. It, this could have been so much worse. Like, there are a lot of third movies in a trilogy that are just so painfully totally, bad. Totally, and this one was really well received. It was just like no one was, lo- no one loved it. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it loses today. Sick. Uh, with a with a paltry get 54. it Italian job fifty four out of one hundred and five. Yeah, not great for Ocean's Thirteen. Also, not the worst ever. Um, but Italian <laughs> job gets an eighty out of one hundred and five, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. Highest yeah. score of all time. No, <laughs> highest score of all time. Nice try, Ottoman. Um, highest score anything's ever gotten on anything, really. Um, <laughs> an eighty out of one hundred and five. Pretty good score. Uh, our winner today is the Italian job. Woot. That's awesome. Um, recommendations, boys. I have a few. I'm sure you always do. always has a few. <laughs> well, okay. So, like, the one, when you look up, like, best heist films of all time, the one that always gets passed around is kind of an old one called Rafifi. And it's, it is for good reason. Like, I think that, like, there's this whole sequence where there's no sound and they're just, like, stealing. And it's, like this very long um, sequence and it's really cool. And you could see how a lot of heist movies borrowed from it. I do kind of understand if people are like, Oh, it's really old. I'm not really into that. Like I I'm actually kind of about that. Like, like if you don't want to watch an old movie like that, that makes sense. But it is a really good one. If you're looking, if you're really into heist movies. Um, I also think that people really sleep on, um, and it's one of, it's probably my favorite by him, but um, Spike Lee's inside man, uh, it's one of my favorite heists. Um, and also, like, this is not, like, a movie that I need to, like, bring up because no one knows about it. But, like, Heat is still probably, like, my favorite heist movie of all time. Wait, did um, you say no one knows about it? No, I said I don't um, need to really bring this up because everyone knows about it. <laughs> yeah. Heat is still my favorite. Like, I, I really like Heat. Um if I were to like expand what a heist movie is, like Inception would be there because technically speaking, that is a heist movie. Um, it's not even not even technical. It's like literally a it's fucking a heist, heist movie. movie. Um, but yeah. Anyways, those are some good ones to go watch. Oh, I just saw Ambulance by the way in theaters, which is oh, yeah. speaking of speaking big of. <laughs> big uh, heist movies. I like. Here's the thing. Like it's. If you like Michael Bay movies, go for it. If you want to just like have fun on like a Friday night and watch a movie that is balls to the wall, like intense heist with like ridiculous stakes, definitely go for it. Jake Gyllenhaal like gives it his all and it's it's pretty entertaining. So Ambulance was not as bad as I expected, but not good. <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite and recommend a very stupid, bad, unbelievable heist movie that I started thinking about recently and we should do with something on this podcast for sure. You guys remember the movie Swordfish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a dumb movie that movie is. It's almost like 
Like, I can't believe that movie has gone forgotten in time. Like, especially with the cast that it had. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend that you go watch uh, the crappy movie that is Swordfish. Because eventually we'll talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> it's an absurd movie. Oh, and Widows. Widows, I, yeah. I really hate that people don't like Widows. I think they don't fully understand it. And I think it's going to be like one of those really underrated movies. And it's really fucking cool. And it's like essentially what if these like... Yeah, actually, I'm not even going to explain it. Just watch Widows. It's really <laughs> fucking good. And and don't go into it expecting a crazy heist movie, and you'll come out really satisfied because that's not what the purpose of the movie is. Yeah. Is. Support it. Uh, All right. Any for you? Uh, I was just going to say Baby Driver, I feel like, is a good mm. a good one if you enjoy Italian job. Ansel. You know, the whole yeah, driving guy. and vehicle thing. Uh, I also like Rogue One. I feel like that doesn't always get oh, thought of as a highest movie, fuck but it really yes, is. Such dude. a great recommendation. That would go to number one for me. Yep. I would like to say that I stole that because that was one of Nick's recommendations when you guys did Ocean's Eleven. So thank you. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot we ranked our highest movies. <laughs> and then I would say not necessarily for the movie itself, on. but I saw Uncharted with some of my friends mm. in theaters and we saw it with the 4DX where the seat like moves and all of that <laughs> stuff. And it was actually a really fun experience like that. You know, it was I good for a movie that. where it's like literally nothing important <laughs> is being said. And uh, I guess it ties in too because it's a Mark Wahlberg movie now that I think yeah, there about you go. it. Yeah. I thought that's why yeah. you said it. Hey. I'm Mark Wahlberg. Hey. But, I, I mean, it's kind of a heist movie, too. But it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It waits for 40 minutes. I don't really have as many good movie recommendations as I'm sure you guys have. I've, I'm going to have to uh, watch that most of the ones you guys just recommended. Well, I've heard of them. Otto, over time, you have learned so well, my young Padawan. Uh, very, very well spoken about these movies and good analytical eye for them. So. Thank we appreciate it having you. you on, dude. Thanks yeah. for being here, Yeah, Otto. thank you so big much dog. for joining. Thanks for being your big dog. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. I'm glad that this could finally happen. We're going Seriously. to tag Joe Bell or whatever your no, fucking no, name no. is Nobody on Instagram. needs to follow me on, on social okay. medias. Well, they can follow us, us on social medias. Wait, I unless what? Layla, but I don't know if you follow Oh, me. yeah, yeah. Wow. Layla. I always Rude. follow back. I Called definitely follow you then. Uh... Yeah, well, uh, speaking of following, follow us. Plug us, daddy. Uh, look us up on Instagram and Twitter, at FacingOffPod. Send us emails. Tell You could send us an email that literally just says, email. plug us, daddy. Uh, <laughs> please don't. FacingOffPodcast please at gmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, next week, I think we're going to take one uh, another break, uh, and then... We're going to do <laughs> The Dark Knight versus The Batman because Batman. they're both on HBO Max or and or Netflix. Uh, yeah, Damn. go watch those. Damn. I highly, highly oh, man, recommend The Batman. I have to moderate Batman. that one? We might just do that. We might just do that as three. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, that's it. Anybody got that's a it. <laughs> send off? Points at Layla, shit. Points at Otto, shit. Points at Gabe, shit. Shit. <laughs>